0: Get ready to stand on guard for thee. Prohibition is over, Saskatchewan. Ask Lucky Bastard today how you can make Canada's ultimate Caesar, true north and strong. Featuring Lucky Bastard's premium dill pickle vodka, LB's famous bacon rimmer, and bacon bitters. It's not a Caesar if it's not Lucky Bastard. Order online or stop by 814 47th Street East. And tonight, why not mix your Caesar with some Lucky Bastard?
1: Welcome back, everybody, to the Fantasy Hockey Hacks podcast, a proud member of the Hockey Podcast Network and the official podcast of Left Wing Lock, your number one source for fantasy hockey intelligence. I'm Devin Davidson, your host. With me, as always, Bruce Gunther. Hello. And tonight, we have a smattering of, of people. I don't recognize some of these faces, <laughs> but we got uh, we got John Enns joining us, uh, Tyler Holman, and of course, Mike McLaughlin from Left Wing Lock. So, uh, boys, good to see you. I'm excited. We got lots to talk about tonight.
0: I'll try not to take up the whole 2 hours. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up, Tyler. <laughs> okay, sorry. I'll mute myself. And it starts. Yeah, here
1: we go. Okay. Uh, episode 104 NHL fantasy preview for week 22. Um, lots to get to like I said, trade deadline is this week. Um, lots of there's some records being broken. There's there's uh, there's all sorts. there's there's no shortage of weather stuff to talk about too. So, um, and I, and I am recovering from COVID. I should let you guys know. I I had I had a flu. Yeah. So the last two weeks have been rough. I had, I had the flu. I caught COVID and then my house, my, my fridge leaked. So now I have like a big insurance claim. I have to get all my hardwood ripped out on my main floor. Like it's just been an absolute shit show the last two weeks. What? Um, (laughs) Yeah. You had the Rona. Had the Rona, (laughs) had the vid. Yeah. So it's, uh, if if I start (laughs) coughing randomly, that's, (laughs) that's what's happening here you'll notice in the background, not for the people that are listening, but for you guys, uh, my couch is is here, which has never been anywhere in my background. So uh, right on this wall, right over here, there's a big hole in it. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, enough of that. Um, This episode is brought to you by Lucky Bastard Distillers, which opened in 2012 and was inspired from a lottery win. Lucky Bastard Distillers is proud to be the first distiller to operate in Saskatoon since Prohibition. Home of Canada's Ultimate Caesar. Mix your drink tonight with Lucky Bastard. Use promo code HockeyHacks to get 15% off your next online order. Shipping available across Canada. And John, um, I just kind of took the liberty of filling in John's list. Uh, Oh, I added to it. Okay, good. That a boy. Um, So for anyone that's (laughs) new to the show, John's list is basically just John's shit list of players past (laughs) and present, as well as interesting and current topics from around the hockey world. So, uh, John, let's start with what you added to the list. What do you got for us?
2: Do I start with what I added or what you started? Yes, please. No,
1: please go with what you started because this is classic John.
2: Oh, well, I have Jonathan Quick on the list because I don't know. Ever since he came into the league, I just didn't like the guy. Um, Can't really (laughs) give you specifics. Um, It's his face. Honestly, I had had a hate on for that whole (laughs) Kings team back in the day. Kind of like I did the. the Red Wings from the nineties. Um, yeah, not a fan of the uh, the Kings from that Stanley Cup era. So basically, all the guys who are on the team. Yeah, so, yeah. Quick yep. is uh, part of that list of players that I just don't like because I just don't like them. And you know what? And now that 2012
1: and 2014 era team, they kind of just won't go away. Like they're still sticking around, right? With Kopitar and Doughty and
2: see. I mean, Cop okay, Kopitar, I like. He's the only person on that team I think that I like. Yeah, good play. Thaudi, everyone else, not a fan. Don't like them.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of those guys. I just want to punch them all in the face. Um, <laughs> yeah, especially <laughs> after last year in the playoffs. Like, I just, I, I hate the Kings and every move they made this year just pissed me off. Honestly. <laughs> um. So yeah, I and actually <laughs> my addition to the, to your list, John, was the Los Angeles Kings. For trading Jonathan Quick to the Columbus Blue Jackets. I thought they did him dirty. I thought Uh, it was hilarious. (laughs) Like, you're going to give Dustin Brown a fucking trophy or a statue. That That makes no sense. And then you trade Jonathan Quick.
0: Yeah. And make him take the same flight home (laughs) after the game. (laughs) (laughs) After you trade him. Fly back to LA. What the team that you just traded from.
1: I think it's great. It's kind of funny, actually. Um, It's pretty funny. Yeah. Okay, and then the other thing I had on the list here, sorry, was was Jack Campbell. And Tyler, I just noticed your your message in the group chat, so this seems fitting.
2: <laughs> I was very upset. I missed that. <laughs>
0: that when I said that, it was right after he gave that uh the goal up glove hand, like deep in his net, off the sidewall. It was a good shot. Like that's a nice shot. Sure. But you can't like give up that much of the net from that position, especially after like, there's no timely saves. He at least Skinner in comparison and a lot of other goalies can at least make a timely save. Like if your team just scores the next chance down the ice, you can make a save. And he doesn't do that. The, they like they played terrible defensively, but he gave up terrible goals. He made some stupid saves that he was like sideways in the net and didn't have a stick. Probably more on him for not being positional, but um he sucks. He's been terrible. <laughs> He's been awful. Uh
1: and to get a little technical on you, so terrible being a five point one seven goals against average and an eight forty five save percentage in his last five games. That's bad. It's, it's bad. It's real bad. It's, it's real wasted. bad. <laughs> I,
0: pretty- I think my message pretty much summed it up though. So
2: yeah, here, I, was me, gonna com- I was gonna comment on that one, but I was like, no, I'm gonna leave my comment alone. Uh, to quote, to quote Tyler, man, I was gonna say you should ask his woman first. No, man, fuck
1: Jack Campbell. That that's just direct quote from from Tyler Holman. So
0: I don't think I was the only one saying it right then
1: either. No, no, you were. There's actually some chatter on Twitter. People were were getting upset that people were shitting on Campbell, but it's it, I, exactly what you just said. The team played poor defensively, but there's some saves you just have to make, right? So he's been bad. Um, fantasy lock of the week. We're going to stick with the Edmonton Oilers theme just because we're a bunch of Oilers homers on this show and we're okay with that. What? Um, <laughs> my, yeah. Mike, Mike excluded, of course.
0: Yeah. Mike's not. Mike's not. No. But, uh, the he's
1: Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <That's> a... <laughs> he's got nothing to cheer about anyways.
2: He's got nothing to about anyways. Yeah. I might
3: be looking for a new team. We'll see.
0: <laughs> he, he's like us from like 2010 yeah. to 2020.
1: It's like looking in the past.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, I've got the Edmonton Oilers power play as the fantasy lock of the week this week Fire. at 31.9%. The Edmonton Oilers through 64 games have tied the 77, 78 Montreal Canadians for the best power play percentage in a single season all time. So they have an opportunity here with 18 games left to match or exceed that that percentage. And if they do, I mean, that's pretty incredible uh, when you think of some, some of the, Phenomenal teams we've seen historically throughout the league.
0: McDavid also matching or beating Wayne Gretzky's single-season power play points record, too, is
1: yep. it's pretty good. I had that in here, so 58 points power play points. Uh, previously held by Gretzky in 1981-82, he had 57 power play points. And then Dreisaitl, of course, set a new uh, single-season franchise record with his 25th and 26th power play goals on the season. Uh, Tim Kerr holds the NHL's all-time record with 34 power play goals.
3: Yeah, there's, so, some mm-hmm. there's some flyers. There's some flyers I'm getting excited now. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: ca- my question here, guys: Can Leon score nine more power play goals in just 18 games down the stretch? Yes. No. Oh, I think he can. Do yes the He can
2: do it? Oh, John.
1: <laughs> uh, okay, just John's a contrarian. Josh. That's okay. <laughs> And if, uh, if any of our listeners wanted an actual player for Fantasy Lock of the Week, I went with Dmitri Dorlov, 51% rostered. Um, last I checked, he led all skaters this week with nine points, uh, or is tied with two other players, McDavid being one. Three goals for him, two power play points, just seven shots on the week. Um, 28% power play share and 20 and a half minutes time on ice in four games played. So he's looked really, really good for the Bruins. Surprisingly so. How long does it last though? I, not at that rate, right? There's no way he's going to stick with that pace, but I, I don't know. Yeah. What? Past week,
0: like since he got traded, his points have been crazy, so.
1: It's going to level off. I mean, for sure it will, yeah. but yeah. he's in a much better situation too offensively. All right, uh, with that, we're going to move on to headlines with the hacks, and we're going to do it a little bit different here tonight, right, Bruce? Yeah,
4: there was about. Four pages of notes, and I don't really like feeling it, reading four pages of notes, so I <laughs> trim it down a little bit.
1: Yeah, and uh, I, I think our, our listeners probably don't want to yeah. hear you speak of four pages of notes. <laughs> there will be no voice left by the end of the notes. A note yeah. I read all four It's pages, way too much so. there, so. Okay, take it away. So,
4: just some talking points here on trade deadline, so just uh, what was everybody's favorite trade of the trade deadline season? What was your favorite move? It doesn't have to be your favorite team, but. What some of your favorite moves?
0: Oh, wow.
3: I've got one. Where are we? Uh, I don't remember what Boston gave up for this, but it doesn't really matter. When they landed uh, Orlov and Hathaway, I thought that was just a home run.
1: I agree. I, I think that's yeah. where I was going to go to, Mike, was the was Orlov and Hathaway trade. Um. Yeah, I think that just gives them the depth. Like, I mean, I think Hathaway is going to be a great fit come playoff time. Like, he seems like a Bruins type of player to me.
3: Yeah, that, that, he's a perfect fourth line kind of player, I think, in the playoffs. Yeah.
1: Uh, the other one I did really like was was Ryan O'Reilly going to Toronto. I thought that was a nice fit.
3: Yeah, that's a nice fit.
1: Uh, the thing about him, is, like we, I think we talked about this last week too, but he has that ability to play either third line center or move up and play in the top six. From a fantasy perspective, we all want him playing in the top six next to Martin and Tavares, but um, I can understand why you'd want to take advantage of some of those third-line matchups too, so that makes some sense to me. Um, I mean, I, I love the Ekholm trade, obviously, for the Oilers. I- that That's made a big impact. The-, the big thing there, actually, and probably just, again, talking in terms of fantasy, trading Barry has changed the deployment of Evan Bouchard. And we all kind of knew that was going to happen, right? We just expected it. But I think he's played over 10 minutes on the power play, Tyler, in the first two games.
0: I think he had three three assists in the last game, two of them on the power play. Um, he already looks a little bit more confident too Yeah. since Barry left. Um, he still does hit quite a few shin pads. but <laughs> um,
1: He took down, was it Ehlers though? He hit him in the skates and it was like, you could tell yeah. that hurt. Yeah. I yeah. mean,
0: if they're going to block it, Make it hurt.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: But he has played a lot better. I was actually super surprised with with Eckholm how much he's in the play and his first pass out of the yeah. zone. It's always on the tape. Guys look surprised um yeah. that they were actually getting it there because Nurse doesn't do that. The rest of the D don't do that. Barry sometimes did it. Um and Bouchard was actually pretty good at it. But yeah. I was I was surprised at how how good he is at that for being somebody who's supposed to just be a defender. So
1: yeah, I think yeah, he he's definitely underestimated for what he can do offensively. Like he he's almost more of a two way defenseman, right? And the fact that he doesn't put up a ton of points, but just his hockey IQ and that ability to make that first pass, like you said. Yeah uh, and, and get in the play. Well, on
4: this team, he'll get a chance to put up more points. He's playing with a very offensively skilled team, so he will
1: he will get more points than he will
4: of Nashville.
1: Uh, another trade I did like, well, I, I I liked, but I don't objectively. I liked it. Was Jonas Corpusalo <laughs> going to the Kings? I think that's a good fit there. Um, it's kind of the Oilers' kryptonite. Like they don't like Corpusalo, <laughs> so I hate it as an Oilers fan. But I mean, objectively, it's a good trade for the Kings.
0: They scored five goals on him in the last game. If their goalie <laughs> didn't suck, they would have won that game too. Fair enough. I <laughs> think, like Corpusalo, right now. Like he has the ability to put a, put together a month or two
1: throughout that's all his career. The, that's all they need. That's all they need. Just yeah, two months of but, good Corpy.
0: Yeah, but you have he's already been on his two months of good Corpy. So <laughs> when the playoffs come around, he might not be good Corpy anymore. So I mean, and we've seen a he can steal a series. He did it against Toronto. Yep. Um, but we've also seen the majority of his career as the other Corpus Alo, So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think like no team in the Pacific really has good goaltending. So, I mean, there's that. Yep. So it's okay. I, I don't think that was a, I don't think that was a good move, especially trading quick just to trade them, making them ride the plane back for Corpusello and Gavikov. And I mean, Columbus got nothing for Gavikov.
1: Yeah. Yeah like i i agree with you tyler just trade trading quick for the sake of trading him didn't make any sense but I, I would have tried to have held on to quick and brought in corpus allo cuz phoenix copley really wasn't getting it done either um so if you want to make up make that change to to shake things up a little bit and bring in corpus allo i thought that made some sense but yeah sending quick out didn't make a lot of sense
0: yeah it's it's going to it's a it's a big bet because you're relying on a guy that you just brought in at the deadline and somebody that where did they get Copley from? Did they sign him in the off season or?
4: Yeah. He came from Washington.
0: Yeah.
3: Oh yeah. That's right.
0: And then.
4: They're team.
0: Yeah. And then Cal Peterson. I mean, you signed him to that three times five and put him right in the minors. So. Yeah. <laughs> They're either going to look really good or really bad.
1: Uh, another one here. Like I, I like the Tyler Bertuzzi trade. I, they paid. I, I thought the, the price was fair, honestly. And the hall went on LTIR. Right. So. Uh, that was a guy I would have loved in Edmonton was Tyler Bertuzzi
0: yeah I think I think if they had a couple more dollars more than 167 to spend <laughs> uh, I think that they probably would have did something else but
1: yeah that's fair uh, I do like Bukestad coming in for the others too did you guys watch the segment they actually they made, apparently made a solid pitch for Timo Meyer.
0: yeah oh, really? I've I seen that I, I don't know I don't know that he would have been a, a real fit, anyways. They wouldn't have been able to get home. which, I mean, was an would actual a actual need curing. for the team. So, yeah.
3: Would I, have I been interesting.
0: Maybe, I think maybe they were doing it or at least talking about it just to do something with Carlson eventually, which I think still happens in the summer.
1: Okay. Um, what was the other one? Oh, Chikron. Talk about overplaying your hand, hey?
4: Oh, boy, did they ever. They almost got
1: what a absolutely disaster.
4: nothing
0: for him. <laughs> what a disaster.
1: Hmm. Um, absolutely brutal. Yeah, I, I actually, I like Chicken there. I didn't realize his, his grandfather lives in Ottawa. So, I yeah. mean, that was just a cool story in and of itself, and that's just going to help him play better, I think.
0: And his sister too, yeah.
1: Um, in terms of fantasy, like offensively, what's he, has he done? He scored a goal. Yeah, he's, goal, he's, yes, he's, he's got a
3: goal. Yes, he's got a goal. Nice goal he the other night. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's. They said they're going to ease him in, so he's. You know, he's been playing uh, that left left side on the on the third pairing for Ottawa, but they said maybe by the end of this coming week, uh, it looks like he may be on the right side of Thomas Shabbat. So there you go. Oh
1: wow, be interesting. Um, on the topic of the Ottawa Senators, I, I put that. Pull out i said are, are the senators gonna make the playoffs absolutely absolutely not or just show me the results what do you guys think i
0: don't know i think they could
1: like they're only a few points out right yeah and you look i it? think they've got games in hand on the islanders you've got the aging penguins ahead of them um there's two more teams kind of competing there right so I don't know. They're a good young team. They got some good pieces there. And I think bringing chicken in kind of gives that locker room a bit of a boost. So I I would, I would vote. Yes. I think they could do it. Uh, especially if they continue to get some solid goaltending from, from mad. Sogard, that massive son of a bitch.
3: He's a big (laughs) bastard.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, okay. So, and then Bruce, I think you said, uh, the other question you threw out there was, was what the fuck were they thinking trades? And, the one yeah. that immediately comes to mind. <laughs> Vancouver. 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 Oh, Vancouver. Why are you bringing in Philip Roenig? What is going on? Can anyone so, explain that to me?
0: They're so dumb. They're so <laughs> dumb.
4: <laughs> uh, at least they didn't trade away their own pick. They traded away the Islander one, but good grief. Like,
0: If they had an option to trade Miller, they should have taken it. Whatever it was. They should have taken it. Because they were talking about trying to free up cap space, and they did none of that.
4: No, they actually took on more than they had before.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, like Besser's still going to end up getting traded. That'll save him a bit of, a bit of money. But they've got Ekman Larson for the next twenty years at way too much money. <laughs> um, Yeah, because he's, wa- hes
4: not waiving his trade clause to leave Vancouver anytime soon, unless they give him like a pile of money to leave. <laughs>
0: No, and I think that was the only team that he was willing to go to Yep, in the first place. So he's comfortable doing nothing for the rest of his life. JT Miller, whatever they can get for him, they should take because he's a whiny crybaby. I like just... <laughs> I hate Vancouver, so...
1: Yeah, me too. But, Tell us how but you really the, feel. <laughs> well,
0: I don't know if I should. The, like, <laughs> Roenick's a good player, and yeah. I get that if if he became available at that time, then I mean, I guess you have to make the trade then, but to give up a pick that you just got um, first round pick, when you're looking to rebuild, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So, Okay.
1: Fair enough. Uh, a couple other ones here that I want to touch on quickly. So Max Domi going to the Dallas stars. I like that for Domi and his, his fantasy prospects. Like he was actually doing really well. Recently in Chicago, but then Kane leaves, right? So that doesn't leave him a lot yeah. of options uh, next to him. But he's playing second line center here, right, Mike? I think through the first couple of games uh, with yeah. Sagan and Marchment
3: and Marchment. That's right.
1: Okay, so I like that for his fantasy outlook. Uh, what do you guys think about Jacob Rana in St. Louis? Like rest of season, is, is he any? Is he appealing as a fantasy asset moving forward? I, I don't like the head. whole
3: St. Louis setup for, for fantasy. Mm-hmm. It, nobody seems to be on a top line. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, you look at Edmonton and you're like, all right, it's McDavid. You know, he's on the top line. Mm-hmm. And then Drysidle's on the second line. But sometimes Drysidle plays on the first line too. So there's two awesome players. You go to St. Louis, tell me who their first line is. Half the people right. will tell you it's Shin, and then the other half will tell you it's, you know, Robert Thomas. And Robert Thomas never shoots the puck anyway. So even if he is on the top line, like he's not (laughs) going to score anything.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh,
3: yeah, sorry. It just seems to be a lot of interchangeable parts, which is kind of neat. It it works, or at least it did work for St. Louis for a while. But from a fantasy perspective, it's really frustrating because you never really know who's going to be in that top six, what role they're going to play, and and even what power play unit they're going to be on.
4: I don't think anyone in St. Louis knows that either right now. Yeah. We very much wait wait and see on Veranda to see what actually happens there. Yeah, I think that's fair.
1: Uh, And then the last one I wanted to touch on for me, and if there's anything else you guys want to talk about, let me know. But uh, John Klingberg, a late addition to the Minnesota Wild. Uh, I I grabbed him, I think the day before the deadline thinking, okay, maybe he'll actually get moved. And so I, I think there's some potential there, fantasy-wise. I mean, he's going he's gonna to run the first power play unit. Uh, doesn't bode well for Caelan Addison, right? I think he was healthy scratched. Uh, basically, Addison Klingberg is, takes yeah. his spot in the third pairing, right? Addison's destined for the press box.
3: Yeah, I, I dropped Addison as soon as that trade happened. I, th- I think in two different leagues that I owned him. I was just like, nope, he's, he's done. <laughs> it's like it,
1: it, once he got traded. Did like,
0: Klingberg ever fuck up with not taking that $68 million contract no that he kidding. was offered, eh? Yeah, I totally
1: saw kidding, that in right? multiple yikes. places. Yeah, do you think he's feeling bad about not taking that deal in Dallas? Yikes. Probably, yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Whoops. Probably fired his agent, or hopefully did. should have. <laughs> oh. oh, yikes. Okay. We should uh, talk about the... I was going to say, you- Rube, sorry, anything else you want to talk about there?
4: how about that Tanner Janot trade? I realized we didn't really, we touched on it briefly (laughs) last
1: week, but how about that Tanner Genoa trade?
4: Like, Oh my God. Like, I don't know.
0: All the picks for the next 10 years.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, I I,
0: I like their, I like their thought process on it where, I mean, do you have like a five or 8% chance that any of those picks are actually going to be able to, be able to play, let alone help you while you have this core of players there. And this guy can right now. Definitely. And he is somewhat cost controlled with, with a qualifying offer next year. You'd have to buy a couple of years of UFA. Um, and he can throw punches. So, <laughs> sure <can>. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I wish I kind of wish more teams did, did that. Um, I'm sure that Tampa was the only team that was willing to give up that number of picks to get it done. Um, but it's a, it's a good, it's a different way of thinking about it or looking at it. And um, I don't think a lot of teams look at it that way.
3: So, yeah. and I think it's a good counter example and not, or well, not a good one, but a counter example is the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're sort of in the same boat as Tampa Bay, right? I mean, their players are a little bit older, but they have a team that's made up of several elite players. You know, they've got Crosby, Malkin, Letang. Uh, and and these guys are aging out, right? So you either need to sell them, which they did not last summer when they gave Malkin a contract extension, or you need to be all in in these last couple of years.
0: Not you not half in.
3: I have Pittsburgh on my one of my worst trade deadline teams for this for this year. Uh okay. I mean, what did they they got Granlin, right? That's it. Yeah.
0: With two more years left too, though. Yeah. At at a at a decent at a decent number. Nugent Hopkins money. Yeah, and right. for not Nugent Hopkins. Yeah, you know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so so you've got this, you know, now you've got this team that has elite players. They're aging and you should be giving them a chance to get a cup this year. And Ron Hextall did not. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're by no means out of it. And obviously those guys are very good players. So they could, they could surprise in the playoffs easily. But this, if I were on that team, I'd be, I'd be pissed at how this deadline went for them.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Um, well, we'll talk about it after, so I'll leave that for now. Bruce, do you want to touch on some of the injury news and contract signings, or what do you think in there? Yeah, there wasn't... i uh,
4: will do the contract signings first, so there was just a few during the week. Uh, Dylan Larkin signed an eight-year contract extension with the uh, Red Wings for worth $8.7 million per season, which is kind of right in where everybody expected him to come in. He seemed to be fairly happy about it, although they uh, announced the trade of his best friend just a few minutes before he had his press conference about his contract signing. So he wasn't probably as happy as he wanted to be during that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Red Wings also signed uh, Jake Wallman to a three-year contract extension worth 3.4 million per season.
1: He's been great for them this year.
4: He sure has. They paired him with Cider and it just seems to, he just took off. (laughs) And the last one is a, I think the Washington Capitals' only surviving defenseman from the trade deadline. Uh, <laughs> other than John Carlson. Uh, Nick Jensen, who was signed to a three-year contract extension of $4.05 4, 4. per season. He celebrated that by getting injured. And the big one here, which uh, one of my co-workers at the college will be happy with, is David Pasternak's. Eight-year extension worth $11.25 per season. I've got this written down. I think this is going to be a steal for Boston by the time this contract
1: is played its way out in eight years. I had to laugh. Did you guys see on Twitter World Hockey Report? So of course Cody Jansen and, and those guys over there were were buds at them. But um, he, he so I don't know if it was Cody. I don't know who I don't know who posted it, but something like "There's no way." David Pasternak is re-signing in Boston and it was like an hour before the 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 contract extension was announced and as soon as I saw it I just said like I, I just had happened to see that it was announced 30 seconds before I saw that that tweet and so of course I commented and just kind of chuckled but so shout out to World Hockey Report <laughs>
4: oh man uh, some injury news so one of the reasons why Boston traded for Tyler Bertuzzi is Taylor Hall has been placed on LTIR. He's seeing a second, seeking a second opinion on his lower body injury. Uh, so it sounds like he could be out for a while. I don't, I've never heard, Devin heard specifically what it is, but. No. He'll be out for a while. kale McCarr is back. He was activated from IR, returning from concussion protocol for the second time in three weeks. So they probably have him wrapped in bubble wrap as he's out there. Matt Murray was activated off of LTR by the Toronto Maple Leafs. He promptly started for the Leafs and took a 4-1 loss to the Vancouver Canucks. So he's back in fine form. Yep. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly left Saturday's game with the Canucks with an upper body injury. Uh, the Leafs said they'd update his condition on Monday. And uh, Timo Meyer played his first game for the Devils tonight against Arizona. He scored a goal within the first 10 minutes of the game. So... Sounds like he's fitting in nicely there. Uh last injury notes, Victor Hedman left tonight's Sunday night's game with the hurricanes with a lower body injury. There was no update on his condition after the game, but they said he was having some trouble walking.
1: I think the fact that he tried to come back and was couldn't. encouraging, right? Yeah, like he just couldn't do it. Yeah. Okay. Uh anything else for headlines, Bruce? That's all I had down, other than the monstrous amount of trades that went through. Okay, um, we'll we'll call it then for headlines, and we got a couple of things here for us to hack. So, what the heck happened to Tampa Bay on Sunday, losing six nothing to the Carolina <laughs> Hurricanes? Great question, Bruce. They're trash. <laughs> I think talking? the
0: best part is scratching who they scratched in the third period, and then putting them all together to start the next game which is what you would want to see all three of them yeah and they did squat like nothing (laughs) they did zero it's the best
1: message not received (laughs) (laughs)
0: it's like fuck you john cooper put us together we're not doing shit for you yeah until we want to Yeah. Until we want to.
3: (laughs) Sam did get me five hits tonight, which is a huge surprise in fancy. He did
1: something. He did something. Playing a little angry, maybe. Uh, I think it's great. Yeah. It could just be a case of Carolina being that good. Maybe they're just they're feeling real good about themselves.
3: Yeah,
0: but you would think that players like that, if you get sent a message like that i think the other thing is that oh, agreed agreed they probably could have actually won that game in buffalo if they didn't sit those three guys for the entire third period yeah and i bet you they all sat there and like okay well look we lost <laughs> look what you did <laughs> like i just think it's funny but yeah yeah
3: Yeah, I haven't watched a lot of the Lightning in the past couple of weeks, but I, you know, just since I'm a line combo nerd, there has been a lot of shuffling going on, which usually indicates that the you know the coach is not too happy with how things are going, and uh, you know it's been like Killorn and Hagel have been kind of swapped in between the first and second lines, and then in the bottom six you've seen like Maroon and Perry switching between uh, a third line right wing and fourth line left wing. And then they had Nemesnikov, but they traded him away. Uh, so there's Was been it? a little bit of disjointing going, you know, going on through the lineup. And I, you know, I don't know what that is. Maybe that's a symptom of something bigger going on there.
1: And just on that note, I, I love the line change tool on your on your site, Mike. So oh, nice for our listeners, go check it out: leftinglockcom slash changes. Uh, just gives you an indication as to to where the player is moving. So going from line one to line three, or wherever the case may be, but it's it's interesting. So just all these transactions are listed here, and uh, just for a quick point of reference, I, I think it's a fantastic tool. So, um, next question here on Ask the Hacks is Nikolai Ehlers droppable at this point in the season? And and we- I'll I'll preface this by saying, guys, he's played. 10 or 11 minutes the last two games, has no points in his last five. Uh, he's playing on power play too. Like if you had a couple options, guys that were just red hot and you had to make a change on your roster for some reason, would you consider dropping Ehlers?
0: Is this your question, Devin? Since you tried to trade him to me? It's definitely not my question. Uh, this, this came from a listener somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Uh, Long <laughs> time listener, listener first time caller. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
4: I think he lost his spot to Niederreiter, so I think at this point he's pretty much droppable.
1: I, I'm kind of leaning that way myself, Bruce. Like, I, I just think, look, looking at his deployment, the guy's playing 10 or 11 minutes, right? Yeah. He's been struggling. It's been a tough year for him. Um, and he'll never see power play one, apparently, because him and Shifley like to play the same spot in the power play. So I, I there was something I read earlier. and Basically, Shifley could play in, in the... In the slot, like net front, if he if he wanted to, but he he doesn't want to be there. So Ehlers has to play on power play too, and that's just the way it's going to be as long as Sypey's around. So
3: I don't
0: like Winnipeg.
1: No, no, they're the worst. <laughs> Honestly, the last two games playing as the Jets, they're terrible. Just a bunch of dirty pricks. Must go back to that playoff series that the Jets won. I don't want to. No, let's not We're not don't. going back there, Bruce. We're not don't doing. make me, Bruce.
2: Don't
1: make me. <laughs> uh, speaking of things Tyler doesn't like, as guys. a member of the Hockey Podcast Network, the Fantasy <laughs> Hockey Acts Podcast is a proud partner of DraftKings. <laughs> NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place the same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Download the app now and sign up with promo code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. And uh, Tyler, still there? Bueller? Oh, there he is. So reliable. As soon as the ad reads done, there's Tyler. Mike's watching me snack and it's making me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> We're all like, what is that smacking sound in my ears? And it's just, John, what are you eating right
2: now? Pretzels. Um, kind of chips? Pretzels are gross. Oh, of course they are. Fuck. Wait, who doesn't
3: like pretzels? That's like the most neutral food on earth besides water.
2: John,
0: the only person in the world. <laughs> They're trash.
2: Can you actually hear me eating? I, I I did just as you
1: said that. I could like kind of hear you just like. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oops. Mute I'm mic sorry. Man. Okay. What, what do you know? What do you know?
0: Yeah. What is it? What's the snack?
1: I got chips. Okay. What kind? What, kind? what are you rocking,
2: there? Are you rocking <laughs> there? Sour cream and onion. Old Dutch. Yeah, Has to be old Dutch. Yeah. Okay.
1: Nice. Respect. That's, that's respect. Like a ripple a flavor. Like ripple. A,
2: yep. Ripple too, no, not Ripple. Oh.
1: I think that's I, they're all good. They're all good. Sour cream and onions, a great chip, solid chip. 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 Yeah, it is, is. That or ketchup. No, ketchup's nasty. It's a classic. Old Dutch disgusting. ketchup. Disgusting, disgusting. <laughs> well, Mike, you better you better chime in here because you can't even get ketchup in the states, can you? Oh, yeah, yeah, they're illegal in America. He's lucky. <laughs> 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 yeah,
0: but Mike gets game. all the good Oreos. They got to throw them over the wall from Mexico to you guys. <laughs> I think
3: it's pretty tall, man. You have to have good yeah. arm.
0: Yeah. Good luck. Tunnel under. Oh, man.
1: All right. Let's move on to edge work. The segment where we put in the work to give you the edge in your fantasy hockey leagues, starting with the NHL schedule for week 22. Uh, expect more of the same this week as the NHL alternates between jam-packed days on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday and desolate days on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. There's a total of 55 games on the schedule and three light days with Sunday technically meeting the requirement for a busy day with eight contests and half the league in action. Um, In terms of optimizing the schedule, there are actually four teams this week that play a total of four games and three of them take place on light days. So Anaheim, Calgary, Chicago, and Winnipeg of those four teams, Anaheim surprisingly has the most favorable schedule with a strength of schedule rating of minus eight. They play Seattle, Vancouver, Calgary, and Nashville. Calgary may be the best place to look for potentially fantasy-relevant players, though, as much of their top nine is readily available, including Pelche, who we'll talk about in a couple minutes here, uh, Dubay, Backlund, who's been fantastic since January 1st, uh, Mangiapane, and Coleman. On the flip side, there are two teams next week that play just twice with no light days and should be avoided if possible, Toronto and Columbus. According to left-wing lock strength and schedule metric, the Nashville Predators taking on vancouver arizona la and anaheim have the most favorable schedule at minus 17 the edmonton oilers taking on buffalo boston and toronto have the toughest schedule with a plus 19 strength of schedule rating and i feel a little bit better about those matchups seeing how they took on boston recently and and just manhandled toronto the other night so uh, maybe it won't be so bad this is the tough part of their schedule I haven't watched
0: Boston play a lot, but it seemed like they had an off night against Edmonton. And Edmonton was able to keep up with them. That's how I felt. They made a lot of weird mistakes that a team that's won, what are they, 10 in a row now?
2: So many games. Don't make.
0: Yeah. Then um,
4: you missed the Calgary game when they played Calgary because they didn't show well, they, up to that. The only, the only Bruins player that showed up to that game was Allmark.
0: And like they didn't even have to, and they still won
4: outshot 57-19 or something like that, and they managed to win that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, goal 10 is important. It's kind of a <laughs> key position. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> uh, all right, so then just a quick recap here on the schedule. Monday, six games, Tuesday, 10, Wednesday, 3, Thursday, 11, Friday, 2, Saturday, 15, and Sunday, 8. And then we'll move on to NHL Week 22 waiver wire targets, starting with Jacob Pelche. Out of Calgary, 2% rostered, four games on the schedule next week. He is lining up right now with Cadre and Huberto. I'm still undecided if that's a good thing. Um, But he is getting some time on the second power play unit as well. Uh, He's got five points, two goals in his last five games. Uh, He's seeing 73% offensive zone starts and has managed a 64-courtsy four percentage. 5.2 Tevish suggests some puck luck could be on the way.
4: Hey, at least his coach knows who he is now. Yes. (laughs)
1: Yes. <laughs> Does he, though? Does he? Uh, maybe. Bunch I don't of, know. Yeah.
0: Bunch of losers.
1: That, that guy's got to be on his way out this year. Has I'm to be. I'm thinking so. I think so. they're both gone. See you later. Hey, man, the GM. Uh, Bruce, I would like to say congratulations to you on finally being able to drop Jonathan Huberto. That is a big win for you.
4: Yeah. The sad thing is there's not really much to drop him for.
1: <laughs> but at least you have the uh, option now.
4: yes. Our league is pretty deep. There's not a whole
1: lot of options there, so... No. I might hang on to him for a little while longer. Glutton for punishment, eh? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it feels weird to drop Huberto, but he's been bad. Uh, Next up here, Nino Niederreiter going to Winnipeg, 20% rostered, four games on the schedule next week. He is playing on the second line with Ehlers and Lowry and Bruce, as you had mentioned, on Power Play 1. Um, He had assists against the others on Friday and on Saturday. In a small sample size, it is interesting to note, which I think you mentioned earlier, Bruce, as well. He's playing on the top power play unit, so 75% power play share in his first couple games here. Three and a half minutes power play time on ice uh, and not Nick Eulers, as some of us would like to see, but will not. Uh, four goals three game in three games before he was traded, uh, but looking at his deployment, I think we'll have some more points come from him. I didn't realize he was a, as, as much of a banger as he is. Uh, two hits per game, and he threw nine hits in his first three games with Winnipeg. Not too
3: nice shabby. But, yeah. It, it's yeah. It's that's, nice
1: that's a nice thing. target there. Uh, 13.5-ish is below his three-year average of 15.4, and he's right around league average for team even strength shooting percentage at 7.8%, but that could come up a little bit. This one I like. I, I just I saw him uh, late last night early this morning, but Ivan Barbashev, and if I didn't already have like three Vegas Golden Knights on my roster, I probably would have snapped them up, but... Uh, yeah, Barbashev, center left wing eligible, 26% rostered, four games on the schedule next week. He's playing in the top line with Eichel and so, Uh Gets a really nice change of scenery. Mike, you're talking about how that setup in St. Louis was, was weird. He immediately goes to a place where now he's getting top line left wing. Um, next to Eichel, he's getting power play one usage. He played nearly 21 minutes on Friday, 97% power play share. Uh, he had two assists, three shots, four hits, three blocks, like covering categories like crazy, which is is great. Uh, again, bangers leagues gonna love this guy. Two point two three hits per game. I think tonight he had two goals and six hits against the Habs. Uh, five points and two goals in his first four games with Vegas, so he's looked really, really good. That is a guy I would be targeting this week. Yeah, maybe I'll go drop. I'll go drop Bealers for him right now.
3: <laughs> not not bad. Not a bad idea. When I was looking at Vegas uh, ahead of the trade deadline. I, I thought they might be a good fit for James Van Riemstijk, Uh because if you looked at their top six prior to the deadline, they had some guy named Paul Cotter playing on the top line, yep. and then they had uh, Amadio playing on the second line. I think it's a right wing. So I was like, this, "This is the perfect setup here," you know because nobody wants Cotter and Amadio in your top six if you're a playoff team. Like, that's not going to work. No. And so like, all right. That's where he's going to land. JBR is going to Vegas, and they'll throw a pick at us. I don't care what pick it is. I, it'd be nice if it was like a third or a second, but make it a seventh. I don't care.
0: <laughs> I think Fletcher was sleeping through the, the deadline. He had his alarm set <laughs> 3 often. o'clock Eastern. It's yeah,
3: really I, I think... You know, it's always on a Monday, right? And so he was waiting. He thought he had three more days. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> it's over. <laughs> What's funny is I I actually think, I mean, I know this is going to sound like a crazy Homer Flyers fan who's, you know, crying in his Eric Lindros pajamas tonight because the Flyers didn't make any trades. But I think they should still try to trade James Van Riebstyke, like right now in the next few weeks. It, it sounds weird, but like – he can play, right? I mean and he the only thing he couldn't do is play in the playoffs. And, and so if you're a team like Vegas, who still has these holes in your lineup, why not try to work out a deal, send some salary to Philadelphia, and send them a seventh round pick or something? He gets to play on a good team up until the playoffs, and then Mark Stone comes back off LTIR and everything's fine.
1: That's interesting.
3: I, I don't think, think the Flyers would do it at this point, <laughs> just because they're so embarrassed by what happened. They don't want to prolong <laughs> the the media attention on this. But it, I don't know. I, it, it seems like there could be a neat little window here for a team to a team that has injuries and needs to make the playoffs. I guess Vegas is already in, so maybe that's not really a concern of theirs. But maybe Calgary, Calgary, possibly uh, Col- even Colorado. Uh, who knows? But yeah, so Barbashev is a nice pickup for this week. That's a good suggestion, and it just sparked my mind about James Van Riemsdyk.
1: Any uh, any insight, Mike, as to what exactly happened with JVR? Like it was announced he was traded to the Red Wings, right? And then they were backpedaling on Sportsnet pretty quick. Yeah, um,
3: I mean, I mean, I listened to Elliot Friedman and uh, Jeff Merrick, I guess the the next the next morning. Yep. And, uh, you know, they didn't have any, you know, clear details, but it it sounded like, and and this is weird because this is not an interesting landing spot at all, but it sounded like Detroit was going to take on JVR if and only if they could move another player first to a separate 13. And nobody knows who that player was or who the 13 was, but apparently that deal fell through. And when that deal fell through, Detroit canned the idea of of, of taking on JVR. But but take like Detroit taking on JVR makes no sense at all. No, none. Uh, unless unless and here's here's kind of a wild idea that maybe Chuck Fletcher is just very very bad as a GM, and so Detroit was going to take JVR for like a six round pick and then turn around and flip him five minutes later for a fifth rounder.
0: I, I think it's interesting that there, was, there wasn't a lot of talk before the deadline about JVR. He was kind of like the 10th person that anybody was going to talk about, and 10th is probably being nice about it. And then a couple of minutes before the deadline, somebody finally said something's happening with it, and then nothing did. I think it's more of a failure on Fletcher than anything else that he wasn't pushing for that sooner. It almost seemed like it was kind of a, a lazy deadline for them. That's uh, what it kind of felt like from an hotel. Yeah, game. I
3: think so too. Cause I, I think even somebody like Justin Braun usually has some kind of value at the deadline, you know, people always well, looking for defensive depth, you know?
0: And the GM has to help push that a bit, especially in sure. the position that they're in. That's right. And it, it from being here, it just felt like that didn't happen at all yeah
3: and, and there were teams uh, you know i mentioned vegas a few minutes ago but there were other teams that needed a guy like jvr I, I mean if you look at minnesota and what they did they pushed out greenway right and sent him to buffalo and that made room for marcus johansson and i i, I kind of see marcus johansson and jvr as kind of similar molds um to some extent um JVR is just kind of a healthier version of Marcus Johansson. And so it was interesting to see Minnesota go after him
0: for for a playoff run at half the cap hit. JVR would have been good on any playoff team. Yeah, uh, and to not to not be able to move him and get at least something for him when you're clearly not going to re-sign him. And maybe now they will try and re-sign him just to try and save face, but <laughs> 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 it's really like I mean that stuff happens. But he could have went to any team that yeah. was that was bound for the playoffs, because it's three point five, and then it's the deadline cap it, which is whatever that would equal out to, like a million and a half, maybe, maybe, somebody could have fit them in, yeah, and for not a lot, obviously,
3: yeah, and maybe even you know throw a a third team in the mix to get the salary to come down even more,
1: yeah. Uh, so going back to your point earlier, Mike, about a third team being involved and in Detroit wanting to move a player before they could bring on JVR. I, I wonder if they're trying to move David Perron to, to another playoff team.
3: Oh, interesting.
1: And I, I say that because he's got two more years. He's 34 years old. He's got two more years at 4.75. So it's not a massive ticket, but he's a guy who's got playoff experience. Um, but he's actually on the decline so the la- so he's been on the decline now since 2020, 2021. So he went from 1.04 points per game to 0.85 to 0.62 this year. He's on pace for just 51 points. So I wonder if they were looking to offload that contract and maybe it just didn't work out with another team.
3: Yeah, I mean that that fits. That's a neat idea.
1: So wow. I, I, I'm just curious if you, you heard it here first. If Perron gets moved in the summer.
3: <laughs> yeah, and I guess one last thing that I did hear, and I can't remember the source on this, unfortunately. Uh, was that there was some talk of Minnesota trying to flip Greenway for JVR in advance of the deadline, like maybe a, a few days beforehand. Right. And the Flyers did not jump on that, which I, that's a move I agree with. Like there's no, there's no reason to bring in a contract that goes beyond this year for the Flyers. There's, there's no point. No, to it.
0: no, yeah. Watch, watch Perron's going to get traded back to St. Louis.
1: <laughs> <laughs> for, like, the 18th time. Yeah. Actually, his, his career is pretty fun to look at. It was, like, St. Louis, Edmonton, Edmonton-Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh-Anaheim, St. Louis, Vegas, St. Louis, Detroit. Probably St. Louis again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, getting back to wave War ads here. I'm going to butcher this name, but E2 uh, Lester Ryanan, I don't, anyway, plays for Florida, center left wing, 5% rostered, uh, he is actually on the top line right now with Barkov and Duclair, and he's getting some time on the second power play unit. Um, he's been great for them of late. 12 points, five goals over his last 12 games played. Um, the only thing red flag for me I'd mention there is over those last 12 games, he has a 19.2-ish, Bruce, and nice. and an 80 IPP. So definitely his some... Ish. His ish yeah, is iffy. It's iffy. It's, yeah, for sure. But for this week, if you need some results... Florida's fighting for a playoff spot. Honestly, just as like a general fantasy strategy, I love grabbing players on bubble teams, just because they give a shit. Their give a shit meter is high around this time of year, and they're pushing a little bit harder, right? So, do you have a stat for that, or no? I have no stats for that. I got no numbers. Ah, no, that's okay. pure pure perspective on my part. But
2: unexpected, uh, unacceptable. I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, sorry.
1: I got, I got no ish, no tevish, no IPP, no nothing. I just that's been on my own my own personal experience in in winning like five or six championships in, in the ESPN. (laughs) (laughs) team. And and he actually left. He actually left. Okay. Um, (laughs) Moving on here. Uh, JT Comfer center, right wing for Colorado, 42% rostered. Uh, He is lining up with Ransanen and Rodriguez and on power play one. He's on pace for career best 57 points and 18 goals. Uh, Obviously playing with Ranton is going to help. Top power plays great. 12 points, three goals, approximately 21 minutes of time on ice in his last 10 games. And uh, again, one of those teams where the Avs are jockeying for playoff position. Right now they're in, in wildcard two. Uh, 11.4-ish is below his three-year average of 15.4, and his Tevish is at 6.4%, so that could come up a little bit here, Mike, I think. Um, potentially, moving forward. Uh, Max Domi, I mentioned him earlier. 56% rostered last I checked. Three games on the schedule this week. I like his placement in the lineup. Uh, 14 points and four goals in his last eight games before being traded to the Stars. And then in his first game, uh, like I said, second line, and he saw a 50% power play share. So I think there's a bit of potential there. Uh, oh, and of course, try eligibility never hurts. a left wing, right wing eligible. You rarely see that. And then let's talk about defensemen. So the first one I've got here is Rasmus Sandin. Um, I think for everyone that was was holding Eric Gustafson, uh, and re- you know for a John Carlson replacement, probably immediately dropped Gustafson because he's fighting at the lineup in Toronto, and now looked at Rasmus Sandin, who at fourteen percent rostered, he's playing on the top pair right now and on the first power play unit. Um, Washington's depth chart is absolutely disgusting (laughs) right now. It's bad. No Carlson, obviously no Gustafsson. Dimitri Orlov's gone. Uh, It's bad. And I actually think Nick Jensen just was injured here recently too, right, Mike?
3: Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: So they got nothing there. Um, I think he's got some some potential upside right now. In his first game with the Caps, three assists, one power play point, three hits, 72% power play share in just under 22 minutes time on ice. So if you're looking for a D-man, Rasmus Sandin looks really good right now. Uh, Dimitri Orloff and no this is not the Dimitri Orloff fan club but 34% <laughs> rostered three games next week uh, playing with Lindholm I like that that pair like that's that's a that's a solid defensive pair uh, power play two time nine points three goals like I said in his first five games of the Bruins two hits per game and nearly 20 minutes of ice time 6.7 Tevish is a career low for him and his 51 IPP is a career high so probably to answer your earlier question, Tyler, that level of production is not going to be sustained from now until the end of the season. Um, we didn't talk about the trade earlier, but because I, I mean, I avoided it because I want to talk about it here, but Shane Goss' despair. um, You know, this is what we talked about, Mike, a few weeks ago, a player that goes from a favorable situation or deployment, but a shitty team. Well, now he goes to a better team, but kind of shitty deployment. So, um... I think he's actually surprised. So like he had a goal and two assists tonight against the lightning. Uh, He did get a bump in his power play time on ice. He was at 46% power play share tonight, four and a half minutes power play time on ice. I kind of thought like looking after his first game, he only played 17 minutes, uh, 32% power play share. Like they're not going to punt burns off the power play unit in Carolina, but it doesn't really seem to matter at this point. Like Goss despair, still putting up some points. So uh, do you guys still have interest in Goss to spare rest of season?
4: His I three, don't. His three points tonight were all power play points.
0: Yeah. And I, I don't think he would have played that much if they didn't end up winning 6 nothing.
1: Which That's is a fair point, yep.
0: Probably something to look at.
1: Okay. I'd, I'd keep an eye on it. But, I mean, for this week, too, he's got four games next week for Carolina. Uh, Montreal, Philly and then two tough ones in Vegas and New Jersey. But, I mean, maybe he gets some more time in those first two games of the week.
0: Yeah, those first two teams suck, so.
1: So (laughs) Maybe the rest burns a little bit, right? (laughs) Sorry, Mike. (laughs) Um, All right. Evan Bouchard, we already talked about him, but I've got him here, too, just as another defenseman to look at. So 56% rostered probably a bit higher now, but that's when I, at the time of writing was 56%. What do you guys think the upside is for him next season?
0: Two days before the deadline, I was actually going to drop him because I drafted (laughs) him thinking it was going to be what Mike's doing right now. And it just, it didn't end up that way. And I never saw Barry going and I was going to drop him because I have two extra D on my roster right now, which is really never good to have two extra defensemen. Um, and I'm glad I didn't because it looks like it's going to work out. And I think next year and any year following that, um, as long as the power play is doing what it's doing and he's going to be part of it, you got to have him.
1: Got to have him, Shin pad assassin or not, you got to have him. (laughs) That's right. He
0: doesn't even have to hit shin pads. He just give it to, give it
1: to Connor. Uh, so he is on pace right now for 31 points this year, but he, I mean, he had really no power play time to speak of. So is, uh, is there a 60 point season in him next year? Do you think, is that possible?
0: I think it's possible. Okay. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think it's possible.
1: It's in the realm. I'd say probably like 40 to 50 is more, more reasonable rate, but yeah. All right. Uh, that'll do it for defensemen. Uh, on the goaltenders, I mentioned Jonas Corposalo, just 26% rostered. He had 2.01 goals against and a 9.23 save percentage in his Kings debut on Saturday. Um, in the month of February, he had a 2.43 goals against average, a 9.33 save percentage, and a 5.68 goal saved above expected. So, I don't know. Um, like him or not, Tyler, I think he may have some appeal for for fantasy purposes. And wow. the Kings are an excellent shot suppression team, giving up just 26.1 shots per game.
0: I think based on that, he's definitely worth a look. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it ends up with him playing on a better defensive team that he hasn't really been a part of. So,
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Matt Sogard, who I mentioned earlier, uh, 13% rostered, four games on the schedule next week for Ottawa. He's playing basically as a tandem here over the last little while. 50% net share over the last 10 games. He was a rookie of the month for February at 4.0 and 1. For his record, at 2.33 goals against average and a 9.22 save percentage. I like their schedule. They got Chicago, Seattle, Vancouver, and Calgary. Uh, so some, some winnable games there, and they matter for Ottawa. Uh, who is also, I should mention, 14.9 and 1 since January 1st. And that was before they won the other night, too. So. And then this one, I don't know, guys. I got, I got Jonathan Quick here. I really don't know if he should be. Um, this this was sort of me just speculating that he might be better. Turns out that's probably not true. So we got more <laughs> we got more of the same from Quick tonight. Uh, in his debut at the Golden Knights, a 3.01 goals against average and an 8.93 save percentage. So, Mike, I'll throw it to you. Is, is Quick just kind of what he is at this point in his career? Like, are we just going to get 8.90 save percentages from Quick and there may be some wins in there?
3: Yeah, I, I think that's gonna be the change. It's just he's on in uh he I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't I don't like aging goalies in the NHL. Uh and, and in particular, aging goalies who have shown a downward trend. And, and at, you know, you can see it happen over over the years if you look back at at, at goalies that get up into this you know, into this age range that once those numbers start to decline, these don't seem to be able to get them back. And not, I think, oh, sorry. I think goal,
0: I think goalies too, that play like he does. it's based on your athleticism, more than that positioning, that's more than like a point. sound, a sound kind of way to just always play the game. He relies on reflexes and athleticism. And I think the older you get, that that goes away quick.
3: Yeah, it does, and 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 you can quick. You know, you can look at studies of of human beings and and their reaction times versus age, and yeah. it, it it drops off. It's just it's a natural decline. I mean, obviously, you know, athletes in in good condition will probably be able to mitigate that somewhat, but they're not going to be able to erase it. And, and I think that's why you see that 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 happened to goalies, and 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 I li- I like that point a lot about his style of play factoring in here.
1: So I totally agree with what you're saying, Tyler, and looking just at his numbers here, his even strike save percentage, like basically from the time he came in until 2018, was floating around 925, 930. Like he was just fantastic, right? But as you say, as he ages, his even strike save percentage has fallen off. Like, And he's at 887 this season.
3: Yeah.
1: Not great. So... Um, i got one other thing here for you guys. I saw a conspiracy theory this, today on Twitter, which I thought was interesting. Someone suggested that uh, Jack Campbell should probably just be sent down to the AHL and they're going to pull Mike Smith off LTIR. Well, you can't. <laughs> you can't. I'd rather have I, soup than
2: Smith. i see, I
0: seen that and I thought about it for about 10 seconds, but you actually can't do that because he wasn't put on waivers before the trade deadline was up. And you can't be sent to the minors without doing that. There you go. So... I mean, good idea. (laughs) Good idea. Because, I mean, it is plausible too. Like Cal Peterson, yeah, he has two years less on his contract. But, like, he got sent down. Yeah. And he actually has great numbers in the AHL right now. Um, Hypothetically, you could have done that, like, two weeks ago with Campbell. Sure. And then hope to bring him up late in the season and ride whatever, whatever you had out of him. Through the playoffs,
1: well, you can't do that. Maybe more realistic, more more realistic would be to, like, to bring Calvin Pickard up. I don't know if they can do it cap wise or contract wise. Could you bring up Calvin Pickard as the backup and, like, Campbell is just awful. Like they got a, but what does that look like?
0: Like, to uh, to people looking in, when you bring up Calvin Pickard, like you are reaching so far. To do that, and what does that do to the team and everything else? Yeah, no, when you, for sure. When you go to like AHL goalie, yeah, be like, yeah, we're gonna give you a try. If that doesn't work, then what?
1: Well, they just go then back. You have to a camera.
0: rookie. You have the rookie Skinner. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, you just got <laughs> to be Martell. So we fucking figure it out.
1: Here you go, kid.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm gonna put you guys on the spot, and it's not really on purpose. It's because my own ignorance. It, what is the rule uh, about sending a player? the AHL is it that you cannot send them down or that they're not eligible to play in the AHL after the deadline it's a it's difference but I don't know the the answer I
0: I think you can send them down I don't think they're eligible to play which is why they do lots of teams do that paperwork shuffle where they send them down and then recall them within the first 30 seconds right after they send them down yeah (laughs) I don't think you can actually play
4: Well, he can can play AHL games, but he can't play in the AHL playoffs. That's why the paper shuffle. Okay. You got to send them down so they're eligible for AHL playoffs, and then they can bring them back up, If they don't send them down. If they send them down after that, they can play in the AHL, but they just can't play in the playoffs. Gotcha. Kind of the same thing here. You can make a trade after the trade
1: deadline. They just can't play in the playoffs.
3: Okay.
1: All right. Uh, well that's that's going to do it for this week guys uh, the only other thing I just wanted to mention quickly was we do have updated weekly rankings on our site so fantasyhockeyhacks.com it's in the main navigation menu at the top of the page go check it out two Evans and Oilers sitting 1-2 in the rankings Mike I, I appreciate that so that looks good um, a couple notes there I saw Scott Lawton was shooting up the rankings I think he was up 40 spots this week uh Hellebuck took a bit of a shit-kicking. He's down <laughs> to like 10 spots or 15 spots or something, so he, he did not look good this week. Um, we won't do our, our typical risers and fallers here, but I just those are a couple names that stuck out to me, and I looked at it quickly. So. Alrighty, uh, so thanks, guys, for another good episode. Uh, for more information, just be sure to go check out our website, fantasyhockeyacts.com. Go check out Mike's site, uh, leftwinglock.com. Make sure to follow Mike on Twitter at left underscore wing underscore lock. Uh, <laughs> follow us on Twitter <laughs> at hacks, uh, And we will see you guys next week.
2: Take care. Bye, Felicia. Hey,
0: Bye. <laughs>